This is Dean Blandino, NFL Rules Analyst, and you're listening to the Fantasy Football Kings Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Kings Podcast. This is your host, Luke, and I am joined by Mike and Tyler today. We do not have Patrick. He's out. He's scared after his draft went so bad. <laughs> our league, our main league draft. I'm just messing with him. Shoot him up and spat him out. The kingdom's yep. favorite game. Are you freaking? Yep. The answer for Patrick is yes. He only <laughs> yes, he took is. 25 minutes between each pick. He was the first pick, though, so he did get Christian McCaffrey. Good for him. <laughs> but he, he kept accusing me of sniping his guys directly yes. in front of him. Listen, oh, man. This man sits next to me when we record. <laughs> I am. He knows my guys. He knew he didn't have a shot to get these he, people. He was talking to me for 10 minutes last night about all these guys you you sniped from him. So he's, he's upset with you for sure. Maybe that's why he's not here today, but I don't know. Let's... Uh, Today's episode, we're going to talk about our fantasy crushes, people we are drafting in every league, probably only going to give about two or three each. Um, our Probably our first player we name is going to be like a first, second round type of guy, and then we'll, we'll give a couple sleepers that we love this year in drafts and are taking. Um, but let's start with the news and notes. Had some horrible injury news this weekend. J.K. Dobbins out for the season, torn ACL. I was hoping for the old hyperextension, but... God, I know. I was fingers crossed, bro. Yep. Two, two second-year RBs down, done for the year. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, done. Uh, we had our draft, unfortunately. The only day we could all meet was Friday. Somebody took J.K. Dobbins in the third round. That's the risk, you know, but it's when we all meet for a draft, it's tough to find a time everyone can do it. So, it What do you do when you take a early-round running back, especially before the preseason is over? What do you always make sure you do? Grab the damn handcuff. Yep. Especially in particular, make sure that they're at least a decent player. In this case, I hope you got Gus Edwards, man, because Edwards steps right in to you know this is a guy that they already were obsessed with giving work to, even yep. with Dobbins there. So, you know, it's probably a full round drop, maybe more in turn because Dobbins is an awesome player. Yep. Um, but and, yeah, I and mean, there's a lot of leagues too where you know. Edwards because he is a guy that has some standalone value even when Dobbins was healthy mm-hmm. that he kind of gets pushed into that when running backs fly you know I've seen him go as high as the eighth round I um, saw it so happening in our draft he would it was it was going quick it order. was yeah. and so we had, he you know the guy who had Dobbins and ours got great value in the 11th round on a guy like Edwards I mean yep. that's the area most handcuffs go but he has standalone value so yeah double digit rounds if you're able to grab Edwards he's obviously now probably going second third round um Second, third. I would, Whoa, no. I would take him in the third round. I had a twelve team last night, and he went in the fifth. Well, really? see, that's silly though. But you know, I would probably take him in the third. I think I would take him like over. Yeah, who guys, are we taking him over? Like I would take him over Robinson uh, for Jags. Okay. Yeah. I think in a way he kind of replaces Dobbins, and so for me, the talent is what really separates nah. Dobbins and, and Edwards. But the thing is, is with Dobbins, he had the talent, but he had Gus Edwards behind him. Now it's Edwards with nothing behind him. Yeah, um, I couldn't take him over J-Rob. I think there's just a little bit more catch-up side with J-Rob, and there's none with Gus. Lamar doesn't throw to the backs. They got the Justice Hill for third downs or uh, Tyson Williams. I, I don't know. I, Jet, Dobbins tough. never really caught Pat. That's but you know that's the yeah, it was projection already with baked Dobbins. into the ABP, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was James Robinson over Dobbins so as well, so uh, that's where yeah, I'm at. That makes sense. Um. Do you Daryl Henderson or Gus Edwards? See, I would go Gus over Daryl. Go Gus you know, because well. we just okay. saw them kind of pick up Sony. But that's right in the the territory. Yeah, you know? so like third... I'd probably still take Chris Carson maybe ahead of him. Yeah, um, true. But yeah, I mean, we're very lucky, especially if you're the Dobbins owner, that Edwards is. There is no question really here. Edwards is the starting running back for them now. So yeah. agreed. Um, Goal line stuff. I mean, it'll all be him. I guess his handcuff is now. They came out today. It's the Tyson Williams guy. Mm-hmm. Had um, a good game too. He had a good yeah. preseason game. Yeah, it was a game. And then I, I, you know, Justice Hill is a last round pick type of deal that could have maybe PPR upside. I'm not sure though because he's really banged up right now too. Is he? Yeah, he's, okay. a, uh, he's a special teamer for him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so watch. We'll see if they scoop someone. Apparently, they're not going to pick up Gurley. Uh, yeah, they said today. Yeah, not. Yeah, really like that, is, no that is officially going to be the theme of the season. Is right. Someone goes down. This team's looking at Todd Gurley. Then they like, go and see that his knee no longer functions, and then they're like, "All right, well, I guess we'll play." It's crazy, isn't Gurley only twenty five or twenty six? Yeah, man? someone someone yeah. will pick up Todd Gurley at some point in the season. Maybe the the idea is that you wait until it's mid season, so mm-hmm. you don't have to. Either way, though, I think if you're the if you're drafting Edwards, you don't really have to worry like too bad about really at all about them picking someone up and then replacing Edwards at this yeah. point. You know what I mean? And I will, honestly, too, if I'm drafting Edwards now, I'm not worried about the drafting a number two behind him. I'm going to try and handcuff my other running backs. That That's I have. a good idea. Yeah, probably because um, it's just the the talent's not there behind him. Um, and Gus Edwards has shown, the, you know. The thing with Gus is the co- like, like I said, the coaches already loved him. Like That's they were, I mean. ar- if you were drafting Dobbins, you were already semi annoyed that like you're yeah, gonna be annoyed there. with. I mean, how Gus much Gus he always does good. I feel like he runs hard and he gets he gets solid yards per carry. Yep, takes and then care of the football. You can't drop a better. I mean, he's gonna suffer from a PPR standpoint catching passes, but in terms of just a rushing environment, can't ask for much better. No, I mean he's put that the two headed monster Lamar in the Ravens RB, so you'll take it. Yep. All right, well, we'll move on from that. It looks like we're Gus Edwards end of third, start of fourth round type of territory. So let's move on to the next injury of the weekend. Not a huge, you know, fantasy player. He has, he was in previous years, but T.Y. Hilton mm. has a, some kind of neck injury. Uh, it's kind of undisclosed. Uh, out indefinitely, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's said. something with a, a disc in his neck. His neck, his back. Um. That's it. <laughs> that's crack. all. Nothing else. It's crack. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's sad, man. Um, yep. Realistically, I mean, I know I wasn't the biggest Ty guy, but probably the end of Ty's career in a way. Well, I, mean, I hope he can get this sad. one uh, rest of the year finished here, and then maybe be done. But hopefully, he comes back. Uh, that means though, Michael Pittman Jr. How do we feel about him now? He's this. I feel the same, one. honestly, man. Like, I was already pretty high on Pittman, you know, relative to his QB limitations, which are yeah. significant, and that's why he's going later. But I really didn't think Hilton really mattered that much for Pittman, you know, just because Pittman yeah. was already had his role defined, you know. And Hilton, you know, even when he was a, a good player, he's a downfield threat at this point, and that's it. You know, I, 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 I really don't think it – moves Pittman one way or the other too much. I'm with I'm with you there because you know, there's there are players where the second guy goes down, you're like, this definitely elevates this guy a few rounds. Like mm-hmm. almost like the AJ Brown Julio where they're both so good that like one goes down, the other one gets a massive bump in my opinion because but with Pittman, I honest and Carson Wentz being kind of an unknown, I, I was more I was actually more thrilled before Hilton was injured because like you said, he stretches the field, he's the deep threat. Um and for Wentz to be successful, even I I believe Pittman will be the leader for receptions, yards, all that. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather have all the weapons there to make sure Wentz is something rather than take weapons away, to be honest with you. That, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, it, it, certainly. It, it gives Wentz le- one less weapon, and even yeah. if it's a minimal weapon, that's still something. And we need Wentz with, e- you know, exactly. every tool There are possible. teams I'm fine with where it's like it goes down. I know this quarterback's good enough to funnel it to the one guy. This isn't one of those scenarios, honestly. Related to that, Wentz – covid list also i'm sure that's on the yeah that news. uh that occurred today as well which is so i mean you weren't starting once anyways and um i mean frankly i gotta say i gotta say i'm not complete i sold on jacob Eason as lucas but i'm sold at least to where i think he could keep a wide receiver afloat yeah. and not completely crater their offense watching Eason just randomly he reminds me of herbert the way he operates looks just like Justin Herbert. He's not bad. Statue Herbert. Well, sort of, yeah. But, I mean, his movement skills in general just, you know, uh-huh. uh, it, it. I think that it wouldn't be the end of the world. And it's mostly more of, like, Wentz already isn't, like. Exactly. We don't know what to expect with Wentz. Exactly, it's not like yeah. we're hoping they're going to be a top. He's going to be a top five quarterback again. You know, right. that's. More concerning is anything that happens on the O line because that's kind of where the whole offense. You know, and they just lost their Jonathan uh, Taylor. All of them. They just lost their left tackle for the year. So, yep, I saw that. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, tough times for Indy right now. It looks um, like one note. Man, they can't. They can't catch a break. One note though. um, It like you said about Pittman. It doesn't move him. But uh, I'm not even a big Paris Campbell guy. But the guy I am actually interested in now. Um, and I even thought about picking him up when we're doing our late Oh, Zach Pascal. Here. Zach Pascal, man. He is that guy that every time there's injuries on the Colts and he comes on the field, 
he feels like he's like a six for 60 guy, like locked in credit to my brother, man. My brother yeah. scouted out Zach Pascal like years ago and was like, dude, you got to keep your eye on this guy. Dude. He's and he wrote solid. him for like a four game stretch I where they just were guys were banged up and he, I got torched by him. Like, Is he, yep. um, if Hilton's over, out there, I think he'll be the starter. I think he'll start. And then uh, yeah. Paris Campbell, I think, is the fl- uh, slot sort I, of guy. I agree, and I think he's going to – I mean, I, I'm a Pittman owner in one league, and I, I think Pascal kind of actually is more annoying because I think he's going to command more targets in a way than T.Y. would have rather than T.Y. just being a threat. Um, right. Yeah, Pascal does perform when he's on the field. He's a big body physical receiver too. Um, a little bit of – a little Chris Godwin in him, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy probably to keep an eye on as a late-round flyer. Might get some value there. Nice. Well, All right. we can uh, factor him for when we do that. <laughs> there you go. It's Moving on. Here. Let's uh, move on to the next news item. Dak Prescott is good to go for week one. Looks like he's ready to go. Start your CDs. Start your Amari Coopers. Except, you know, they got uh, good old Carlton Davis over on the other side, so. Now, I expect them to score, but I think the Bucks do blow them out. I'm really not worried about this team. That defense is horrible, which is going to be a positive game script for Dak Prescott week one. We They should be down. And, you know, if you saw Brady this weekend just totally shred the Texans' defense, I don't know. So, Dak's ready to go. Yep, if you're any owner of any piece of Cowboys offense, it, this is much better than seeing Ben DiNucci starting week one. So, Yep, or still having it like be like – mysterious at yeah. this point you know kind of like oh like, well we're, we're taking it day by day you know so it's yeah. good to hear that yeah he'll be good yep. to go mike this one you know this is the oh, risk yeah, we, take. we got a classic here yep irv smith meniscus injury is out for the start of the season it can be anywhere from four to eight i think it is right now to Weeks? season out yeah oh, we'll know even season right yeah we'll know uh tonight i think his uh surgery is so they said oh okay so yeah it can be anything <laughs> That's I'm in. A, I drafted Irv Smith this weekend, and so it's, I'm in a tough spot right now. I don't know whether to cut him, you know, because we just don't know. So we'll, you got to pay attention to the news tomorrow. And if you have him, don't cut him yet because it could only be a two or three week thing. Uh, but it's not good. Your knees don't typically get more healthy as the season progresses. <laughs> that is a true, uh, <laughs> true statement. Yeah. So yeah, definitely bad news. He was set to be a nice little breakout candidate, third option in a pat, pretty decently heavy pass offense. Um, so yeah, that's tough. Yep. Um, Irv Smith out. One note is the meniscus is, you know, better news than the eight, you know, ACL, PCL, MCL. Yep. Um, so it could be a few months. It's he, such a weird one. It's like, I've, I, it, meniscus, like I've seen everything from playing through it to completely ending a guy's career. Like I remember yeah. with Antonio Bryant, the meniscus was like the one he could never get over. So and then last year, Antonio Brown plays with the meniscus, like tore a and tear. So the thing with that is the meniscus, unlike the other ones, can't actually heal. It's just like a pad. It has no blood vessels. So it can't actually like regenerate. You've torn yours, right? Yep, both That's right, yeah. Um, oh. So it's basically, at that point, you're either kind of getting another pad, artificial pad put in, or you're playing with bone on bone. Which is and Todd Gurley style. kind of like sometimes it's worse. Like you said, like Todd Antonio Gurley Brown versus style. Antonio Bryant. Like, mm-hmm. One guy just had it. One guy couldn't stand the pain and do it. The other guy, it wasn't as bad for him. So, yeah, it's kind of a teach their own. But Irv Smith said athletic tight end. So, all right. Are we even going to count that one as news? The one. Yeah, <laughs> we, we are not. Poor Evan talk Ingram, about. man, is always hurt. Evan yep, Ingram, so. he he left with the calf injury. If you're going to draft him, you might want to monitor that. But I think we have a new starter in New England. Oh, did it just get announced? Nope. I'm just thinking that it will be is that Mac Jones looked great against the you Giants. Maybe just do a lap around here real quick because one of my sleepers is a guy I drafted who we're going to talk about. Today. Yeah, you uh, you have a great team, Tyler. I'm really I, I really uh, like your team. I, I stole him. Yeah, um, that you got a good team, man. Um, but yeah, Mac Jones is now the. Uh, <laughs> oh, plus you had to sneeze. No, uh, so I think he's going to win the job over Cam Newton. That's good for Damian Harris. That's good for uh, James White. It's good for Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, because now you don't have that goal line back to take away the work. It's really good for Damian Harris. Oh, yeah. Yep. I guess maybe Tyler will save that for a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. Uh, Javante Williams was absent versus the Rams, but I think it was because they held him out. They did. He is going to be pretty much... 
He's going to play a lot. I mean, yeah. it's like Melvin is pro- might still like start in the game technically, but I get the feeling that they they're not dumb. They see that Javante Williams is like a legitimate playmaker, and uh, they're going to want to get him on the field. Where now it makes it tough to know where to draft him. Exactly. It's it's but, how much work can they both reasonably get, and mm-hmm. who gets the passing versus the non-passing. Right. Yep. A uh, little side, not fantasy football note, but it looks like Deshaun Watson will, won't go to the Eagles. He is going to decline that trade. I don't know how he has any power to do these things, but he says the only two teams he wants to play for is Carolina and the, uh, who is it? Dolphins. Dolphins. That's who it is. It's going to be Miami. Mm-hmm. This man wants to be in South. This this is a South Florida boy. But it's I mean, such a perfect trade, too, because they got Tua. They can just ship Tua Well, the, the Texans said they don't want Tua. They did. I yeah, thought I read they, that today. I, no, they they did. The it, Texans came out and said we don't want. Well, it actually it, doesn't matter. It was a really. report that they aren't interested in Tua because there's no way trade. they could just come out and say like. But it's like, what's your, what's your end game here? Right, right. The team's not going to give you four first round picks for. It would like, make no sense for a quarterback that may or may not be in prison in a year. <laughs> like, right. Well, listen, yeah, the Deshaun Watson thing, nobody really knows anything, and that's the truth of it. No one knows anything. No one knows if he's going to play this year. No one knows if he's going to get suspended at any minute. It, you know, it's just everyone's guessing. Yeah. Uh, you know, find it. reports based on, like, just a and, lot of guessing. I have seen a lot of smoke around the Miami one, but it's just who the hell knows. Exactly. And it feels like if you're if you're a team – and you're looking at it, you know Rodgers might be on the move. You've heard the Russell Wilson rumblings. There's other veteran quarterbacks. You saw the Tom the Brady The season thing starts in a month, in yeah. a week or this something. This isn't the Two time weeks? to do it. This, this is absurd. It's like I, I would push it to the offseason. I don't understand cleared. it from any of the teams at this stage. Like, I just don't get it. You're going to bring this guy in, have him learn your entire playbook, especially when you're a team that's that could win, like that can win games right now. It just seems like – and the guy – it makes your organization look shitty too yeah. until all this is cleared up. It just seems like if I – I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it's just a bunch of bullshit, and it's his agent saying things. That's like a ton Putting of that media. in the media, like, oh, you know, the Dolphins are interested. Are like, people team, leak stuff to, like, sway public opinion and all it's like, the time. No, they're not, man. They're about to play a game next week. This guy's about to get another <laughs> massage and get jacked off at it. Like, well, that's that really all doesn't your make sense. That's why I going. think he says he wants to go down to South Florida. Yeah. Visit a few of those uh, – <laughs> <laughs> that was ones Robert Kraft visited in West Palm Beach over there. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on and uh, let's talk about our fantasy crushes for the 2021 fantasy football season. I will kick us off with a guy I fell in love with this past week. I was in love with him before the year. Yeah, this past week. <laughs> My behind. But I really, I couldn't say no to him. I didn't think I for a little while, I was not going to take him, but... Workload is king. Workload is king. Volume is king in fantasy football. And his name is Najee Harris. I had the seventh pick in our fantasy football draft, and I took him at the seventh pick because I knew he wasn't coming back to me. Correct. And you could be sitting there saying, Najee at the seventh pick, didn't you make that mistake with CEH last year? you damn right I did. This one's... This time, though... He, this guy's getting 300-plus touches. There hasn't been a running back that has not had 300 touches and not been a top seven running back. The other two was Nick Chubb with 298. <laughs> he was top 12, and LeGarrette Blount with 299 was top 12. Those are the last to get to almost 300. So getting to 300 touches is pretty uh, important to being a top five to seven running back and this is a guy that could get 350 and no one would even bat an eye you know exactly i'm all in on Najee harris i think you know big ben that arm isn't as strong as it used to be he's going to be checking down last year he was i think the quickest quarterback to throw Mm -hmm. the ball uh get the ball out of his hands right away i'm just huge on Najee harris man i i think this guy's an elite talent you saw the screen the other day 52 yard screen he's showing it he's actually uh you would think, you know, he, he's he's older than CEH. He's older. He he's played all four years, I yep. think, at Alabama. So he's 23 years old. He's a, he's older than a few running backs that are starting right now. I think he's older than Cam Akers as well. 
He's a big um, running back that caught 80 passes over his last two college seasons. And <laughs> would you be surprised if he caught 80 next right, year? Right, in one season. Exactly. I, I would yeah. say he's probably closer to the 50s to 60 area. But exactly. Yeah, the only thing hurt, hurting him is just that in that department is they have so many other mouths to feed. Yep. But they run a lot of these design screens, and then they run a Ben is really good at when things are not down working downfield, yep. dump off, dump off, dump off. So, I mean, the moment they drafted him, we were all like, how how – crystal clear in your mind can you see the Ben Roethlisberger drop off to him? exactly he did it did it with Le'Veon Bell he did it with James Conner he did it yep. with Richard Mendenhall years ago fantasy players all remember Richard Mendenhall his uh two-year run of greatness Steelers love about specifically Mike Tomlin loves a bell cow exactly back. I was about to bring that point up this team loves to use one guy he played 30 of the 33 first team uh, downs in the uh, preseason game with Big Ben. This guy's not coming off the field. Didn't even play last game because they knew. Okay, this guy's legit. He's gonna be the workhorse. And you can't. There's not many backs that you can guarantee are gonna get 300 touches. Correct. And he's yep. gonna get them if he's healthy. Yep. Uh, another one. Well, I won't even bring that up right now. We're still talking about Najee. Uh, but yeah, him being just king of the volume. And yes, I took him at probably where he's gonna finish. But I'm super confident in him every weekend getting me an easy floor of 15. He has a great floor. Yeah. Like yeah. He has one of the best floors. Yeah. And it's a Steelers running back, man. There's, there's some of the best every year. So we'll see what happens. I took a risk, but he's my fantasy crush. Yeah. Love it. No, I agree. I love it. Um, just keep in mind where you're drafting him. Yeah, exactly. Um, like Luke said, he took him at seven. So I took him and over an Aaron Jones. Granted, um, Kelsey was one of the picks in front of him as well. So what was it, RB6? Yeah, I took um, him as RB6. So just kind of know where that is. But realistically, uh, as long as he doesn't finish, you know, RB16, mm -hmm. you got to win. See, um, a, a lot of leagues you'll be able to get him. Like, I was able to get him at the eighth pick in the second round in another league. But I mm -hmm. knew my league. Yeah, that, I knew that's I wasn't going to get him. You wouldn't have touched him on the way on the way back around in ours. So, yeah, a lot of um, people are getting him at the start of the second round. Shit, Harris easily could have been one of my crushes, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But people, exactly. as long if he's RB10 or higher um, – it ends up being a good pick because again, there's no guarantee that you know the top five finish the top how they're drafted. No, nope. you, know? you you want that range of possible. You know, does he have a chance to finish RB one overall? Right. There's probably a scenario where that that could happen. I um, took him over, you know, like an Aaron Jones. I don't know if Aaron Jones is going to get over 300 touches. You know, he he's he never won't. even had 20 <laughs> touches in a game. I don't think so. This is more of a bell cow type approach. I love bell cows and. You know, Zeke will get those 300. I would have took Zeke over him. I would have took Derrick Henry over him. Players like that uh, that are bell cows. I, Dalvin Cook, obviously, yeah, CMC. Yeah, I honestly don't think I would argue with any of the RBs that went ahead, the, yeah. the six RBs that went ahead. Uh, yeah, I have met RB6. So, I mean, I took my top running back off my board, and that's what I did there at pick seven. So Yep, I like it. Who wants to go next? For their, uh, like, uh, I guess stud. I can go next. Go ahead. Uh, I've had mine since – freaking the end of last season i was surprised i didn't get him in our draft uh it was a difficult decision but um my crush is austin eckler uh I, it's in large part because of the missed opportunity last season things had lined up just perfect for him last season he got hurt in week three and missed most of the season and felt like a huge missed opportunity that as soon as the season ended i was like all right next year i'm getting eckler i have to have eckler he has a great role He's going to get a ton of touches. Like you said, he probably can hit the 300-touch mark. In fact, there's almost no doubt. And similarly to Harris, there's no competition for touches. There's no real competition for touches uh, in terms of uh, the receiving game. He's going to be one of probably their third target every single Sunday, maybe second target. Mm -hmm. You know, Keenan Allen and then, you know, maybe receiver. But it's almost certainly going to be Eckler. This he guy probably could is average, their second target. This dude could average eight to nine targets a week. It's insane. Uh, Justin Herbert uh, is not afraid to check down to the running back. That's something we learned last season. Nope. Uh, he, he, that's kind of what makes Herbert so special is he's able to keep his eyes downfield while also being smart and minding the pressure and checking down when needed to. So, you know, Eckler is just an absolute lock in a PPR league especially, I should say. This is a crush for PPR specifically. Eckler's a little less, you know, valuable in a half PPR, and in standard, he's significantly less valuable. In a PPR league, this guy's going to get you anywhere between 90 and 100 catches. This is an offense that fed Alvin Kamara already. Um, the Joe Brady offense uh, was in New Orleans and utilized Alvin Kamara to, what was it, two or three straight seasons of 80 catches. 
So that is absolutely in the cards for Eckler, uh, anywhere between eight and 900 receiving yards. And that is without talking about his opportunity at the goal line, which is so awesome. Mm-hmm. We still are not 100% sure that it's going to be there. But if it is, that gives him the ceiling to be a potential top three RB. Right now, as it stands, the man is a locked-in, pencil-it-in top seven running back, probably. Um, and every week consistent uh, as well because of the passing game usage. Points in PPR come more regularly through catches than they do run uh, rushes for a running back. Um, and so I, I just love the touchdown upside. This man was the PPR two running back just two years ago. Yep. Uh, you know, PPR three, I think, something like that. He's, um, he's amazing. Yeah, Eckler is just extremely safe. Um, you know, do you wish that he had the for sure, like the coach would come out and say, yes, we're going to hand it off to Austin Eckler on the goal line? Yes, you would like to see that. But you just kind of have to believe that there are there is nothing else. Like, they're doing the defense a favor when they hand it off to Larry Roundtree on the goal line as opposed to Austin Eckler. You know what I mean? So, you know, that is sort of what caps Eckler's ceiling. But he's got an amazing floor, and he still has a great ceiling too. Yep. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely my main crush for this season. Austin Eckler's awesome, man. Yep. He, he he could have 90 to 100 catches this year. And Easily. And then and such the bar for rushing is very low for him. You know, in that season, I should bring it up, in that season where he was the PPR two, I think he had like 600 rushing yards, if that, you know. Which he can do it easily. He can get he can that do again. easily. The and improved it, O-line, which you mentioned. I actually did not mention the improved offensive line. Three oh. new starters this offseason that they picked up on the O-line. So, that helps tremendously as well. So I wanted to um, – let me see if I can bring this up. Yeah, so he's PPR four running back two years ago. He had 557 rushing yards. That was with Melvin Gordon sort of in the mix still. Yep. Now there's no one. This man is going to get between 700 and 800 uh, rushing yards. That – like people don't realize getting 1,000 rushing yards, not that hard, hard to get. You know, if, if you're getting a consistent workload, you have to really suck to not get 1,000 rushing and yards. And be on a bad offense too. Be on a bad offense, exactly, yeah. So it's, there's nothing not to love about Eckler besides the limited goal line work, which is to be determined less so than, you know, it's more of a we don't know than a, a certainty. And he's one of the players that can actually survive without the goal line work as well. Exactly. Um, these are all things that are like just top six back. Exactly. The these are all just the things that unlock the, the fact that the things that could make him a top three RB, like running. RB1 exactly. RB1. Um, but otherwise, you know, without that, he's still locked in top 12 running. Back. Um. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Luke. Let me go quick on Eckler. Bonus points for Eckler, man. He wants to perform for your fantasy team. He that does. is another very yes. cool thing as well. He does he, like, interviews with. Cares. I've listened to three interviews he's done with fantasy podcasts. So, like, he is in tune with the fantasy community. Take that for what it's worth. And his biggest take on it is, why wouldn't I? There's people that he's like, there are people that are fans of me out there. He goes, that's what I'm here for. Like, for I'm real, dude. For fans, I'm not. You know? I genuinely became a fan of Austin Eckler, like the dude last off season, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or last season. You know, it's just a good guy. Yep, exactly. Um, one one last note too, as well. We talked. You talked about Lombardi being involved heavily with the Saints and Kamara and what he does. Um, just for the fun of it, his last stint as an OC prior to being back with the Saints was one season with the Detroit Lions. Um, not going to tell you the year because oh, actually they went 11 and five that year. Nice. Um, but this is with Stafford. This is with Calvin Johnson. Um, but Reggie Bush in eight games had uh, 40 catches, man. Um, so half a year, Reggie Bush, who has never ended wow. up being anything in the NFL with 40 catches. On That's a, a great on a note. That tells you that this is a hardwired part of this offense. Yeah. He it's designs it for him. Back. He likes it. Um, so just, I, I found that interesting as well. That's awesome. And, and you're getting Eckler at the end of the first round as well. That's yep. the other thing you love is you're, you know, it sucks not being at the front and missing out on those extremely high upside running backs, but boy, you can get Eckler at the eight, nine, ten that range, you know, in a lot of drafts further than that in a lot of drafts, you know, agreed. Um, so, yep. I love it. All right, Tyler, I think it's uh, time for you to explain your big fantasy crush. Yeah, um, I knew you guys were kind of probably going to go with the earlier ones, so I wanted to go slightly a little bit later. Yeah, we got yeah, late, fine. too. Oh, yeah, no, we brought both, baby. Um, not not totally late, but um, kind of a middle guy. But uh, Damien Harris. Yes, um, nice. There we go. Has gone anywhere from being uh, – the, the fun. I, I've yet to really see an entire draft board where he's gone as a top 24 uh, running back. It's insane. doesn't make any sense to me. Because he's one of the last starters you can get. He was solid last year. He's a good runner. Um, you know the combo that uh, Saban and Belichick have. Um, yep. Belichick has drafted an insane amount of Saban players. Um, on that show they actually did, he was a player that they discussed. Was he really? Um, wow. Just 
Saban speaks so highly of him being such a smart, um, like young man. Um, the Patriots seem to really love him, but <clears throat> just to go on, basically, um, he goes anywhere realistically around the RB 28 to like the RB 35. Um, Jeez, that's <laughs> crazy. He, finished, he, he beat that ADP last year on the limited amount of work. He had like a hundred like 170 carries last year and still beat that. Um, but the biggest thing for me and sorry, I had it, but I just switched over to the Eckler, um, statistics. Let me just grab it real quick. But the biggest thing is what we talked about earlier sooner rather than later. This was one where it was like of the rookie quarterbacks, maybe Mac Jones doesn't see the field year one. Maybe cam can really, really hold him off, but he almost is possibly going to beat out guys like Justin Fields, possibly Trey Lance and start prior to them. Yep. Um, but it's the, it's the rushing for cam Newton. And now again, I can't find it. Um, but here's Cam from last year um, in terms of rushing. 11 attempts, 4 attempts, 9 attempts, 7 attempts, 14, 9, 3, 11, 10, 9, 5, 10, 9, 11, 15. That is like kneecapping a running back, man. Exactly. It really is. Absolutely. And Mac is obviously not going to run anywhere more than one time a game right. from either a scramble or a one-yard QB sneak. With that, Cam also had 12 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> if Maddie McCorkle-Jones is in the game... Damian Harris is a full go. He's yep. going to get all of the goal line. And he profiles as a goal line, but as like that's powerful type of running running back, at least when I watch him. Absolutely. And if you if you take as well and take that hundred I think it was like 170 he saw last year. But add Cam's, what is it, hundred and thirty seven rushes on the year, mm-hmm. you're looking at a guy that could possibly see over three hundred touches. Now that's maybe a it lot for a doesn't happen. One thirty seven for a quarterback. Absolutely it's insane. So, it's and it's like where else yeah. is it gonna go? It's not gonna go to James White a whole lot. You know, he sees right. his handful of carries on the year. Mm-hmm. They've got a guy in JJ Taylor who's another young guy, but really projects more as a reserve for James White. Yep. Then you've got a rookie and in and Ramondre Stevenson, who you also know I absolutely love. I'm Beast. sure you've seen him in preseason. Yep. But Bill does not have a history of playing rookie running backs unless he took them in the first round. Um, i.e. Lawrence Maroney, i.e. Sony Michelle. So realistically, the guy on the ground's going to be Damian Harris barring an injury. He has a crazy like five point three yards per carry. He's efficient. They have an improved offensive line and are probably gonna have a top yeah. five O line. Yep, in the they have one of the best lines in the whole league. Um, and then the usual argument that always comes back around is well, Belichick and his running backs. Belichick and his running backs. Yes, he's had plenty of years where it's been a committee, but he has had numerous years where it's been one guy. LeGarrette Blunt. Steven Ridley, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, Lawrence Maroney, LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette, I think, is the highest they've ever had in terms of a finish. Um, he had 18 touchdowns that year. But the thing is, these these other guys yep. still had people like Corey Dillon as the pass as the passing work. Kevin Falk, yep. you know, we're kind of at the end of James White career here a little bit, and he's strictly a third down guy. They've shown, yeah. It's like it, there's not as much competition as I think people really want to think um, that there is here for to kind of impede on Harris. And there's just no scenario barring an injury where he doesn't finish as an as an RB. 24 at the minimum i think you found i think that is one of the strangest disconnects between reality and like adp the fact there's just no reason for for harris to be going where he is right now he should be drafted in any draft he can go in the fifth round he can be your starting rb2 he truly can i think i know absolutely and everyone wants to go back they're like well look what he did last year how is it going to get better and really it's the cam newton rushing stats for me it's like if max in the game None of that. If they had Tom, if, if if it were a more traditional quarterback last year, like let's just say Tom Brady had stayed for another year or something, Harris probably would have had ten rushing touchdowns absolutely. last year. You know, yeah, absolutely. Sure. He would have been going easily, probably those fourth round, those rushing third. attempts from Cam are just crazy to hear again. Like, I mean, one hundred and thirty-seven attempts from the quarterback. That is Lamar Jackson esque, like in terms of actual attempts. The difference is, is like, yep. Him, hey, he he produced on him. He had twelve rushing touchdowns. No, he did. So that's good. Yeah, credit to Cam. 12, 12 rushing touchdowns is a lot. But yeah, if, if I mean, if Mac is starting from week one, it is all steams a go. You're not a little nervous though that Cam comes in for like the Taysom Hill type of shit. That is a possibility. So that certainly. is a possibility. It's definitely going to happen sometimes. And the thing is, my thing is, is Cam made that statement in the off season that he no longer wants to be a battering ram on the goal line. And in my head, when I heard that, I'm like, that's like your one shot to still be relevant on the team. Yeah, I think he's going to have to do that. And obviously, Bill doesn't <laughs> care what anyone says. Bill's going to do what Bill does. So. Yeah. But just nature of it, like being Mac Jones, means that it'll probably go from like Cam having like six or seven 
goal line rush attempts in a game or whatever, you know, red zone rush attempts to like maybe like two or something, you know, two or three. So that no matter what is going to help Harris, you know, uh, Cam probably will. Cam's going to score probably five to six rushing touchdowns, yeah. I would say. Because I they're going to try Harris, it. Listen, and, and all Harris has to do to beat his ADP significantly, I mean, get 800 rushing yards and like seven, eight rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And that's a solid RB3 True. right there. And, you know, if, if it is Mac Jones for the majority of the season um, and Cam kind of stays out of the way, I mean, there's a real, like, legit ceiling there for, for Damian. Um, and, yeah, last year, sorry, I was way, way under with that 170 from him. He only had 137 yeah. attempts last year. Really? Um, and so it's like there's just no way he doesn't see over 200 because the Patriots want to run the ball. That's a part of their offense. They did it last year, just went to the quarterback. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think Damian Harris, there's very little to no scenario where he doesn't return value based on his ADP. That's, that, that's the big kind thing, of the big yeah. thing is he's going to beat his ADP by default. Yep. Another crush I have is a guy Tyler drafted. His name is Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers. That's my dynasty number two, baby. This guy, he is so damn good, yep. and people don't realize it yet. But this year they'll they'll learn, I think. He's uh, 23 years old. He came out of Arizona State. He's going into year two. They had last year the 15th pick of the draft, and they traded back to get him at 25 because they saw him sliding and they knew they could wait on him. Take him at 25. Last year, he had a great season. Let me read you this stat. He was a target hog. From, for PPR, Ayuk was wide receiver 15 from weeks 4 through 16 last year. While Samuel and Kittle were out um, a lot of those times, Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely helped him reach that status, but that's, that's domination as a rookie. So, I'm huge on him going into 2021. I think uh, the 49ers with Trey Lance at the quarterback position now can really... uh, They have an incredible schedule for fantasy purposes, too. Just a lot of soft matchups, especially in the first half of the season. They're going to score a lot of points, San Fran. I'm taking Ayuk in a lot of leagues. I I like him. I'm not sure he has top 12 upside this year. Um, I actually agree with that. Because of the volume, you know, they want to run the ball a lot. Yep. They ran the ball, I think, top five last year as a team. So, as do you a get the feeling, does it, sorry, Dan, do you get the feeling that they're going to legit do two QB thing? Like Jimmy G is going to start a lot of these games, and then yeah. they're going to do Taysom Hill with Trey Lance, thousand percent. Really? Doesn't it kind of seem like that's what they're doing right now? When, when they, when Shanahan initially announced about his want for the R, for the um, little RPO like quarterback right. design design plays that. They're, they're, like, there's no way you can even practice that with the team without doing it with Trey Lance. And it's like Jimmy G can't do that whatsoever. So right. if you really are implementing that into the offense, then if Jimmy G is your quarterback, Trey Lance is going to be coming on the field. Like, I wonder if they're going to do that until the wheels fall off Jimmy G sort of uh, inevitably, inevitably because they will. Cause so what if Lance for the first three games is, you know, like, because the thing is, is, they might, what if he's like coming in to like throw like five passes a game? Right, right. It would be so... It'll be bizarre. Very bizarre. I know, and I want to have faith in them. Uh, but th- that just seemed like something I noticed in their their last preseason game. It seemed very specific what they were doing. But either way, the, the Ayuk is locked in as their number one receiver yep. on the outside. Uh, he moves around. They run the ball with him, too. They do a lot of end-arounds and stuff like that. Um, He's the number one receiver, probably the second target behind Kittle, but... I, I mean, I think this guy can have another great season as where he's getting drafted in the fifth round um, around the T. Higgins area and that type of deal. I would take him over T. Higgins, but mm-hmm. that's yeah, me. I, I agree. I think I'd take him over Higgins, um, uh, some of the other guys in that uh, but area. I just think he's a solid wide receiver three for your team if, if it's your third wide receiver on your roster. Like, And he definitely has wide receiver two upside. Week to week, yeah, he has like explosive. Yeah, tri- I mean, he had a game. He had games last year as a rookie where he had, I think, like seventeen targets in a game. Yeah, he, that doesn't just happen no. with rookies. You know what I mean? They got to earn those targets. And a lot of the time last year, this is the other thing: his QBs that he was playing with last year were horrific. That was after Jimmy G was hurt or whatever, and they were using, I think, CJ Beathard mm-hmm. and some other just total jabron guys. 
Um, so no matter what, his quality of targets are going way up this year. His usage is still going to be awesome. Uh, even in a minimal, you know, uh, passing attempts, he's still going to, he's the number one guy. Um, yep. And like I said, I, I love, uh, that they involve him in the running game. They run the screens Absolutely. to him and they run the end arounds and all types of stuff. Another yeah. good thing is 49ers have the number one strength of schedule for wide receivers. That's as in yeah, the easiest. Cake. Yep. It's yeah, awesome. they play cake. So that's cake. another thing to look at. Um, one one note on Ayuk. I thought we were going to mention it during he the is banged uh, up injuries. Right now. Is yeah, yeah. He, he pops up with a hammy. Um, Shanahan sat him for the final preseason game. Said if it was a regular game, he thinks he would have suited up. Um, but just something to monitor because hammies kind of yeah. Hammies are the worst. Stick so. around through the season sometimes. They so. say uh, he should return to practice this week. I guess it's very minor. So yeah, that's, that's what they're saying. Let's hope because hammies are annoying with receivers. All right, Mike, you want to give us one more? Yeah, sure. So my guy's a little bit controversial, so we're just going to um, we're gonna focus strictly on football here, boys. How about that? <laughs> uh, I, like Watson? <laughs> I like Cole Beasley a lot. Wow. He's another guy that feels like Harris to where his ADP just makes no sense to me. This is a guy who is a guarantee for 100 targets this year. He's had two straight seasons with the Bills offense where he's had 100 targets. This is the Bills offense continues to trend up, and with it, goes Cole Beasley you know as Josh Allen gets better and sees the field better Cole Beasley gets more involved you saw it in his stats last bold, year bold prediction real quick while, while you're getting your stats ready to go um, there is a chance that the Bills run the ball the least amount of times in NFL history oh they're NFL bad history. I, I saw the stat the other day of like what that number is and it's absurd because I don't see a scenario where the Bills would run that much right yeah like, I, like How watching them it? play like I, they it's, truly it's it's they are doing the defense a favor when they run the ball when when they hand the ball off to Singletary the defensive corner is like oh all right we got we can Lord. we can play thank you for now and then they go back to four wide out sets gunning it like the old like Texas Tech offenses and shit it's awesome this is their offense is truly like when you used to play NCAA or like Madden yeah. and just like say fuck running the ball I'm lining up four wide and gunning it downfield um, but that affects Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is their locked-in slot receiver. He says it, and he's not lying. The slot receiver in this offense is critical, like absolutely critical. He's their run game. He is exact, <laughs> exactly. He functions as an ex- extension of their run game. You see this with a lot of offenses. You saw it last year with the Steelers using Juju that way, kind of as an extension of the run game. Um, so, yes, Cole Beasley, you love a guy that's going in the teen rounds who's guaranteed 100 targets, who's on the field constantly, who's playing with Josh Allen. Uh, he was the PPR 27 last year. I think he's going to finish within the top 24 this year. He obviously doesn't have the top 12 ceiling, obviously. But he has an amazing floor. He's going to be a great flex for you, draft Cole Beasley. And he's being drafted at, like, in like the wide receiver 60s. Yes, it's, it's absurd. Crimin- criminally stupid. It makes and no sense. when you were the wide receiver 17 in PPR formats from week 6 to the end of the season. That's a good stat. That's yeah. a, uh, shouldn't be going that late, you yeah. know. I mean, he's, it's controversial. he's a steal. He's in the news and what, whatnot. Yeah, the man of... is, I, I think the man is going to play. Like, from what I understand, I think the man's going to play. Maybe that's why this yep. is so crazy. Yeah. ADP, but where you but... draft him, it's like, I'm okay with that being his, like, yeah, exactly. His negative in my head of why, like, what could go wrong for the guy? Well, maybe he just decides he doesn't want to play football. And exactly, out. and he has like like spike potential. You know, this is a guy with a nice floor, but really, any given week, we saw last year he had a couple of spike performances. Oh yeah, he'll get a ten catch game every well, so I was often. Say two you know? with, um, he had eighty two catches last year, nine hundred sixty seven yards, and four touchdowns. That's solid a, for the freaking twelfth round. Yeah, PPR twenty seven. He was the year before with touchdowns as well. His the year before uh, that he had six touchdowns. So all he's got to exactly okay. get he's, up to six touchdowns, and then all of a sudden he creeps into that top. And 24. that's the thing is that's a guy that like any touchdown is is going to help him jump a few spots in ADP. DJ Moore, I mean, is a four touchdown guy. You know. So. Yep. Yep. He had. Um, just the last thing on Beasley. He he had four games. Last, I'm sorry. He had five spike weeks last week. He had, or last season. Sorry. He had a hundred yard game. He had another hundred twelve yard game. He had a hundred nine yard game. A hundred thirty yard game. A hundred twelve yard game. Yeah. He's got That's multiple nice. games with uh, more than ten targets. The Bills. They you know they've added guys and shifted dudes around. You know they got Emmanuel Sanders and he's going. Cole Beasley is as safe as they come. Yep. I really really like ADP him. 14th round. So. Oh oh. I love yeah. 
he's safe and he's he's just a nice flex. Dude. How did I not get him in our league? Who took? I him? think someone actually took him kind of early in our league. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Um, he's a good pick, man. They must it. listen to the Kings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tyler, finish us with this last crush of yours, unless you don't have another one. Um, no, I do. Um, as much as I want to just pull from my own my own team and talk about my guys. <laughs> Your team's nice, man. Not, not that great. Um, Terrence Marshall was a guy I was probably going to talk about. We Ooh, talked about him a lot on the Terrence pod. Marshall. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy that I got sniped on. Uh, he went a little earlier, but, I mean, based on where he got drafted, it's just because receivers flew in ours. But Darnell Mooney of the Chicago Bears. Ooh, the um, Mooney. The guy, the kid is just super talented. Um, he's one of those that, no matter what you want to, like, say, Nagy in the Bears offense, it's not that high-powered, whatever you do, he's just one of those where you watch the tape and this guy beats the guy trying to defend him. I think I saw the same video you did, man. That guy breaking yeah. it down. He was wide open so much last year. Yeah. And it's like that. That's what I come back to every time. There's like a, it's like a six and a half minute highlight reel of him getting thrown the ball with uncatchable targets. Yep. But in each one, he is like legitimately cooking the guy off the line of scrimmage, whether it's press, whether it's man, whether it's zone, whether he's being doubled. Yep. He he's is quick. It, it, it's kind of like Calvin Ridley where like I had to objectively just start watching Ridley's routes and being like, this man just gets open. Like yep. no matter what you want to say, if you can run routes in the NFL, you are going to stick around and Mooney can do it. Yep. Um, and then the hope with that being the sleeper for him to outperform his ADP, which is going anywhere. I think from like eighth to 10th round, depending on how receivers fly, it doesn't sound great, but the hope is that Justin Fields comes in and can support two pass catchers. And Fields is a, de- a great that de- like no, everything else, you know, we'll, he's a great downfield thrower. He and that's what Mooney does best. Ball. Yep. He, he hopefully will see the field you know well enough as a rookie that might be partially what it comes down to but to hit to break his adp yeah i mean it doesn't have to do much you know and when you go to that when you get back in those rounds i mean when i look at him versus you know a rugs or a meekle oh yeah i haven't seen it on the field with you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. at least with mooney i've watched him beat the other guy i'm convinced mooney will play more snaps than than meekle too i mean he's gonna be their starting wide receiver right uh, opposite yeah, Allen Robinson. Absolutely. He's out there. Um, they run a ton of two wide receiver sets. There's no threat to him on the team. You know, you got a bunch of scrubs behind him, basically. He uh, uh, he was actually uh, fourth in the league last year in um, missed tackles with 17 among man. wide receivers. So That's a good stat. It's a good stat that for is. a rookie. That's and pretty it lines impressive. up. He's so quick. He really is. Saw 98 targets last year. His quarterback play was so shitty. It's like he wasn't consistent, obviously, because of that. But this is why he is a crush for Tyler, and he is a great sleeper this year as a flex wide receiver, wide receiver three upside, possibly even wide receiver two. You just never know with these guys. Um, and I did just find the exact the exact number on it. He had a 32% um, uncatchable target share. Um, so 32% of his targets were uncatchable, which, led the, N- which led the NFL. So oh, man. the guy was getting open. He just couldn't get hit. And he had 631 yards. So if you have a... Th- 32% uncatchable mm-hmm. target like percentage. And the same thing we said about Allen Robinson in past episodes where no matter what, Dalton. Andy Dalton is better than last year. You know? Absolutely. No matter what. So, And then hopefully he gets the fields pretty quickly. Yep. So we'll see about that. Um, yeah, I like Mooney a lot. You know, as a his ADP right now is 11th round. I love that. I'd take him as high as ninth round. You know, the wide receivers over there, Michael Pittman Jr., you could take him over. DJ Chark, you could take him over. Like, once you get past round nine or ten, any player is like it starts getting sketch. It doesn't matter bit. about rankings. You gotta you gotta look at your sleeper guys, start taking them. Like mm-hmm. I took, I reached. They would say on Ramondre Stevenson yesterday in the eleventh round. He was ranked forty spots down lower, but I thought, you know, I'm gonna grab this running back who has upside if Damian Harris was to get hurt and maybe possible pass game upside. You know, you gotta take your guys if you're gonna be taking sleepers late. It's yep. not about rankings after like the tenth round for me. Yep. Um, but hell, I missed out on a lot of my sleepers because I wasn't willing to pull the trigger on yeah. some of them. Yep. Same. I, I waited early rounds and then I got stuck with guys that I don't like, and I'm having to convince myself. I like your team, man. I don't get why you don't like it. No, I, I love I love my team. It's just I missed out on guys like Mooney, guys like Marvin Jones, um, which forced me to then kind of pivot late. Um, so, you know, I'm banking on guys like MVS on a Terrence mm-hmm. Marshall to really, really. We can collectively like list uh, Marvin Jones as like the king sleeper. We yeah. all kind of like Marvin Jones, right? I mean, that one really hurt me. Like I was yeah. 
banking where I took Michael Pittman, that being Marvin Jones, and I would have felt a little bit safer. Yep, he's a guy that's going. I mean, he kind of creeps up more and more, uh, but he's now going in solid range. The MVS pick in the 15th was kind of random, I thought. Yeah, so that you is big a guy on that I, I, yeah, I, I, I saw in I the news. I saw in the news over the last couple of weeks that he has had like hit by far his best off season, like training camp, everything. He's just been killing it for them. And Rogers, Rogers is huge on accumulated trust with these receivers, and now he's played. This will be what year four with MVS, I think. It, it is year, it's year four, and the thing is, is like there used to be a thing in the NFL legitimately where it was receivers take three to four years. It was kind of like the mm-hmm. tight ends. Right. Um, yeah. You know, we kind of got away from that because you get these freakazoid athletes and, you know, I think people just kind of wisen up as it goes on. And he is there. MVS when week one rolls around is the Packers number two wide receiver. And absolutely. And, you know, guys who I thought could like compete, you know, Amari Rogers, he's been decent, but like, Right. He's a guy that Rodgers daily is talking about. You know, he made some plays, but he, he makes he, a lot of rookie mistakes. Profiles you know? is like a slot receiver exactly. anyways. Yeah. And so it's like those kind, hearing those kinds of things about the other guys are what – and all I hear is MVS, you know, catching touchdowns from Rodgers. But, yeah, I, I like, I'm not an MVS guy by any means, and I ended up taking him because – Yeah. I, I mean, I have one last guy. Who, you know, he, his ceiling is so non-existent that I hesitate to even suggest him. But I do think that Sterling Shepard has shown – Oh, yeah. Over the years, that he has a solid target floor, and he is going so late in these yeah, drafts. You grabbed him in the thirteenth in our draft. Yeah, which I mean, that's maybe a little, maybe a little richer than in mm-hmm. a lot of other drafts. But that's that fine. range right there. So right now, all of their Look guys at the wideouts around him. Kadari- that's the best one. Kadarius Tony is hurt. Um, Kenny Galladay is hurt. Slayton is. You know, I actually didn't see that he was nicked up. Yeah, he got banged up the other day. Actually, their offensive line is horrific. Arguably the worst I've ever seen in NFL history. Daniel Jones is, I got to cut him a little slack. He has no chance out there. Also don't feel that great about him as a player, as I've said. But Daniel Jones is going to dump off to Sterling Shepard 100 times this season. More than that. He's going he's gonna to dump off a ton. They're going to use him as an extension of the run game, sort of. When Saquon is, getting, is running into brick walls and shit. Um, Kenny Galladay is a downfield threat. He's... Daniel Jones is not going to have the time to sit back and throw at least very many bombs to Kenny Galladay. No, I think Kenny Galladay's target tree could be pretty, or at least smaller maybe than his contract suggests it will be. And so I just love to start. We saw last night Sterling Shepard when he plays. He's on the field constantly. He's their number two and two wide out. He's their number three in, as a slot a lot of the time. Well, I'm not so sure about the two, but he's always their slot receiver. So he's on the field a ton. Again, like I said, no ceiling to speak of. Uh, no, but but he has a very safe floor. He's going to get you a ton of these six catch, you know, seventy yard games. Be your last flex, you know. When the season gets going, got body start dropping, you might feel decent about having him as your, you know, last flex guy. But got to put in on, you know, when injuries roll in or when bye weeks roll in. And the way I look at that too is, you know, I guess there are times where you want to just take all flyers in those late ones. But I like doing it where I take the flyer and mm-hmm. I take a guy like like you said, he doesn't have a high ceiling, but he does have that floor. Right. There it is, makes me exactly. feel better about that risking it pick because I've got a guy that I can turn to that I know what I'll get from him. I took Elijah Moore and then two rounds later for my upside I, and then two rounds later for my nice little floor, I took Sterling Shep and I feel pretty good yeah, about it. Yeah, and that's the, if Elijah needs some time, you've got a guy that can come in and get points. Whereas if you would have turned around and done another rookie flyer there, Yep. You might struggle the first few weeks, and then you're picking up a guy and dropping a rookie. So, Not that i got to really worry about playing receivers because mine are sick. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll do it, folks, for the Fantasy Crushes episode. We appreciate you listening. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go give us a follow on Instagram at fantasy.footballkings. Uh, if you have any questions, you can slide in the DMs, and we will answer them for you. Until next time, Kings. See you later. See ya.